Hey, it's Darren from Bonfire. Thanks for checking out the podcast. This episode was recorded live on YouTube and Facebook. Head on over and you'll get the full Bonfire experience. Consider giving us a like and a subscribe. And when you do that, you help fuel more free content here on Bonfire Sports. Find everything you need, links and more, bonfiresports.ca. Now, enjoy the show. It's a bi-week edition, finally, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Welcome inside Bonfire Sports. It's Bonfire Midweek. Darren Bombing, along with, to my virtual right, Zach Schnitzer. What's going on, Schnitz? Have you had a good weekend? Have you had a chance to kind of digest what went down at IG Field on Thursday? Well, dude, I, I, I learned a few years ago since having young kids and my wife having less patience for me because, you know, she has to spread the love and so do I. There's no room for Zach Schnitzer to be pissy over a bomber's loss for like five, six, seven days, right? Like I've got to, I've got to flush it, but deep down, oh, it still irks me. I rewatched the game. I, it still irks me, but you know, this is my therapy and you, you all are my therapists. So strap in, uh, I'm Feel free to charge me the 180 or 200, depending on whether you're a counselor or just a psychologist. <laughs> I need some therapy. I'm, I'm still not over the loss, but I do have some many second thoughts about it. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into the Blue Bombers uh, 2017 overtime loss to the Montreal Alouettes on Thursday. A lot of controversy, a lot of confusion, a lot of questions fans have of what went down, maybe what should have went down, ideally. Uh, and in the end, uh, why the Blue Bombers lost that game. Uh, but we got a lot to get to on the program tonight. Uh, we have another prize giveaway. Woo! So I've already, I've already reached out to our first prize winner. Well, not our first prize winner, but our first TSV, the sportsvault.com prize, uh, prize winner. And that was Jason Ferguson, who is a loyal Bonfire Sports podcast listener doesn't tune into YouTube too much, so he didn't even get a look at those beautiful glasses uh, that we uh, we prized him. But uh, I'm going to drive out to Transcona. I'm in the wow. West End. I'm going to drive out to Transcona. I'm going to pop in at Walby's house, uh, maybe have a bite to eat, uh, and then because uh, I need to fuel up for the long drive that is uh, St. James <laughs> to Trans East Transcona. But uh, happy to drop it off uh, for Jason. Congratulations. He's a local yeah, football. Local football coach, loyal listener. Um, awesome. So, uh, hearty congrats uh, to him. But we got another prize to give away today. I know, but Darren, it's the first thing I haven't won in like a month. Everybody's talking about these horseshoes up my butt. Everyone thinks it's so great. I'm winning everything. I was a season ticket member of the game. I won 500 bucks from the bomber store. I you won the it? CFPN Fantasy Week for the third time because I went heavy on Brian Burnham and the Bombers. What people don't know is when you've got horseshoes up your butt, it feels like hemorrhoids. Like it's not, it's not a walk <laughs> in the park. There's a price people have to pay for winning all the time. But you know what, Jason, I, I don't have to win everything. Congratulations. And we love our friends at the sports vault. I still got my mug, shiny, shiny 
black and silver sleek looking mug keeping my water cold my coffee hot baby i got my tsv uh, uh thermalized one but how about this that's pretty sweet i mean it's not bombers but it's okay oh, isn't it though i'm pretty sure they won that game <laughs> yeah i know but that's 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 the logo that's the logo for the uh for that's the, the closest i'll get that's the closest right. i'll get hey don't don't hate hate the player hate the game the reality is yeah. uh, objective uh reporter here Ooh. doing the best i can look to, at this uh, nick kowalski our uh gen genius in bc he's got one of these my favorite mug db so another shout out to the to the tsv people from the left coast it's even cool enough for people in vancouver darren so it <laughs> must be cool well, even even lines employees right <laughs> hey hey lions see you in october yeah. maybe we'll see you in november who knows uh it's um it's going to be a lot of fun uh the blue bombers second half of the season uh nine and one to start all things considered zach uh if you said the Bombers have to start the season with 10 straight games, a whole whack of them on the road, including three of their final four in that 10-game stretch on the road uh, in Calgary, uh, in uh, Edmonton, in Montreal, would you have taken 9-1? and one? I think oh, so. Sure. When you put it that way, absolutely I would have taken 9-1, and one, especially with all the injuries and the no bye weeks. But... You know, there's that recency effect. What happened last sticks in your craw, Darren. And I've rewatched that kick a number of times at the end of the fourth quarter. And I heard our pal Westy talk about it on Winnipeg Sports Talks, our buddy Remo yep. and Hustler, saying it's the worst pressure kick he has ever seen. So, yes and no, my friend. I'm I'm stubborn. I'm sitting on this sitting on this branch my butt is glued up there uh i don't know but yes i mean nine and one sounds great and you know what the 1960 bombers who we were talking about went 10 and 0 they lost the gray cup so yes I, there is perspective deep in deep in the back of my brain but uh well and, and that 1960 team too like you got to remember yeah. they won 58 59 61 62 yeah. right like, would you trade maybe the Blue Bombers losing, uh, not winning the Grey Cup this year for two more the, the following two years? Of course, history doesn't always repeat itself, but, but sometimes it does. Right? Sometimes it does. Perspective is everything, right? So, yep. like, on, on that, like, that's what I'm trying to say. Nine and one to start the year. First place in the CFL. Yeah, the BC Lions are a one-loss team, but that was quite handily uh, a loss to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So You got um, it, buddy. They're getting healthy. You know, uh, Zach Kolaris is, uh, you know, right there with Nathan Rourke amongst the league leaders. Uh, they've won the season series against Calgary, three games against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who are not necessarily playing particularly good football right now. Uh, yes, they got a win uh, in week 10, but um, it, it was a very tough, uh, tumultuous stretch of the first half of the season uh, for a controversial team this year in Regina. Yes, and that was a controversial win, which we'll get to that, right? And yes, we will. Of course, we'll get to my sober second thoughts on the game. I have some. So I just rewatch. There's there's a lot of controversy in that game. Uh, I rewatched some of those penalty calls and and non calls, Darren. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I, and I've gotten to some Twitter spats with people. I've got I've got a lot on that and and a lot on the kick and, and on overtime and on sacks. We're gonna we're gonna. I, I did a little bit of a study on sacks. Uh, the bombers are giving up. So we'll get to that.
Absolutely. I like that. So we're going to get into the, like, the, here's the thing, Zach, I'm dying to give away this prize from okay. the sports vault. Like I'm dying okay. to do it. So first people need to go to the sports tons of stuff. We, we've shown you on the program before. Maybe we'll show you a little bit later as well. Um, but you know what? My what? camera app keeps, it keeps dying on me. So I want to make sure I, I can uh, show our, our prize reveal here from the sports vault. But, uh, what you have to do is go to the sportsvault.com. You'll see all of the stuff that they have. And then Zach, you can tell them right now where you can find their licensed merchandise. Yes. You got to go to the sportsvault.com is one place, but of course you can find them at Amazon fanatics. And of course, maybe most importantly at the bomber store, I want to make sure I get that right. Um, so Amazon fanatics and at the bomber store and what you'll see is is tons of cool stuff at the Bomber Store that you may not have known was actually the Sports Vault, but it's got that that TSV logo, which is of course our locally owned, that internationally logo, renowned business. So there's that logo the TSV right there. So this is our giveaway. It's the uh, two piece uh, coffee mug set for uh, you and your significant other, you and your dad, you and your mom, you and your sister or brother, you and your cousin, you and your season ticket. Uh, uh, Seatmate, whoever, uh, we are going to give this away here. I'll even crack it open and we'll, we'll, we'll take a better look. But uh, Zach, we need a code word for the text line. So you're going to call 204-816-TIPS. That's 204-816-8477. Text with the code word wide right <laughs> and your name. So text 816-8477 and the code word wide right and your name and uh you'll be entered to win these sweet mugs. Like like check it out. Yeah. They're they're really really nice mugs. Like super impressed. Got the established since 1930. You can find this stuff and like a ton more on the sportsvault.com at the bomber store on Amazon at Fanatics uh, as well. So that'll be good. I like I like the code word, buddy. And can I just put a plug in for the sports vault? Just just don't forget, folks. It is a Winnipeg-based company, yeah. uh, sports licensing company, only global licensee in Winnipeg. So we often talk about this inferiority complex in Winnipeg, but like these folks are are international, right? Like they're global. They're from Winnipeg, and I it makes me proud. Just like to have a nine and one team, uh, they've got a Winnipeg production facility that I saw. It was really nice, slick place. All products you are showing are designed and finished in Winnipeg, direct to customer pur purchasing. Bomber stores number one again. Amazon, Fanatics, Pro Hockey Life, Walmart, Shoppers. They're everywhere. Wholesale customer purchasing direct. You can go to sales at thesportsvault.com. And they are the number one stop shop for all promotional drinkware, glass, stainless, plastic, ceramic. If you ever want some bonfire mugs, maybe we should get some, Darren. Maybe, eh? maybe. I'm looking on some, I'm looking at some apparel, getting some apparel made up for everybody out there that uh, might want some bonfire gear with the iconic yeah. B. Um, but uh, big congratulations to Jason Ferguson. He won our first prize, which is those yeah. really, really nice beer glasses. These mugs are up next. You know what to do. Uh, we won't repeat it, but, uh, you know, uh, get in now. The, the bonfire hotline is already lit up at uh, 204-816-8477. Um, yeah, there you go. Sandy says, text sent. She's in. Uh, but I do want to remind people, we have a special 
surprise, a special CFL surprise coming up a little bit later in the show. So let's dig in to uh, CFL Week 10, uh, including uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, unfortunate overtime loss uh, at home to the Montreal Alouettes. But Zach, it was a pretty wild CFL Week 10. It, uh, it started with the Bombers-Alouettes game, but let's move to yeah. uh, the Friday game and then the Saturday doubleheader. Uh, you know, we're going to spend a lot of time uh, on the Bombers. But Argos yeah. in Hamilton to face the Ticats. No Dane Evans in this game as he continues to uh, recover from a shoulder issue. Matthew Schultz gets the start. It was Jamie Newman who ended up uh, really uh, making things happen at quarterback. Seven rushes for 55 yards uh, and a touchdown. Of course, Andrew Harris went down in this game early uh, with a pectoral muscle injury right mm -hmm. now being uh, assessed uh, and they're going to have to make a decision of whether he uh, goes and has season-ending uh, pectoral muscle surgery. And from what I hear, pectoral injuries are really rough. Is that right, Derek? You, you'd know more than I would about I that. Mean, I mean, it, it doesn't sound good. Like, no. it's, it's such an almost immobile muscle yeah. that you, you got to wonder. But, um, you know, hope the best for Andrew and uh, unfortunate that this has happened, uh, you know, in his first year in Toronto. Um, but, you know, the East is wide open. And if it's ever been more wide open than it is right now, Montreal, an opportunity to build on some momentum. Yes. Hamilton opportunity to build on some momentum so uh montreal hamilton playing this coming week which, which that's be right were you just giddy darren that you're that hamilton is proving your point because we all we all had fun trashing you last week when hamilton sure. when hamilton got beat and there was we were talking about is is tommy condell's job <laughs> you know is his job on the line with kahari stepping in oh no no he's just a consultant and here they here they win one and uh, at home in a game they absolutely had to have. And, uh, you know, Ma Matthew Schiltz looked pretty good. But here, here, here's the thing. The law firm, McLeod Bethel Thompson, again, puts up, what, 287 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Great numbers, great percentage, but his team doesn't win. Right? And, and look at this returner for Hamilton. This guy, this right. Woods guy, is racking up yards, leading the league. And one of his returns, he just he just stuck with it. Guys were falling off of him. And so, you know, there's a weapon, right? They lose Brandon Banks, and now they have this Lawrence Woods dude. Look out, right? Because yeah. CFL, wonderful thing about CFL, special teams plays a huge role, as we saw, yeah. unfortunately, on Thursday night. Right. Well, and speaking of Brandon Banks, he was actually returning punts uh, for his new team, the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, he averaged nine yards per punt return. Meanwhile, Woods for Hamilton uh, had six returns. Average was 25 and a half yards. Yeah. So definitely a dangerous weapon there uh, for the Ticats. And look, I, sure, I might have said it a few weeks ago. Look out for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They were without their number one quarterback. They didn't blow it in the fourth quarter like they usually have with Dane oh, Evans. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, th this could be an opportunity for them to, to really turn their season around, uh, especially uh, against uh, j just making sure here. Yes, they're uh, they're in Montreal this week uh, on Saturday at three o'clock central time to take on 
the Alouettes. They're tied right now uh, for second in the East. Yep. Uh, okay, so then Saturday we saw a doubleheader, and uh, it was kind of a story of two very, very different games, and you could have uh, probably prognosticated quite easily which would be the barn burner and which would be maybe the, the more lethargic game. But Lions, Stamps, Zach, for my money, was one of, if not the most entertaining game we have seen in the CFL this season lions take it in a comeback victory 41 40 over the stampeders who have lost three of their last four games yeah two to winnipeg they go into ottawa and win against a one-win red blacks team but uh now losing to bc uh things are going from bad or, or you know i should say shaky to bad in in calgary really quick well, you, yeah, they're losing to the wrong teams, right? And, and, <laughs> right? and beating, you know, beating the Ulcerans right now in, in, in Ottawa, who Jeff Hamilton on cue said wouldn't make the playoffs. And we, we kind of uh, hmm, ho-hum that one, but he, he may be right, that Jeff Hamilton. He, maybe he can write and prognosticate. I don't know. <laughs> I know I, I read everything he writes. Lo- love the hammer. Yeah, I mean, this this was just a classic CFL game, right? Like, this was unbelievable. And the thing that struck stuck out to me was Rourke and and his character. You you look at Legio, and and we're gonna wait and see what his character is, what 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 his mental toughness is gonna be after Thursday's debacle, Darren. But you look at in game, unlike Legio, who who duffed one and then he hit the bar when he had a chance to redeem himself. Rourke literally throws a pick six. They're down multiple scores a couple times. Uh, Calgary, Calgary is scoring in multiple ways. It wasn't necessarily just their offense, right? They had their they had they had their defense score. They had a special team score, and Rourke just puts it aside, and boom, he comes back. Now, some people are calling that that roughing the passer in the end zone at the at the last drive a bit iffy, but right. I think ne- technically Judge was late. Uh, but I, I know Ryan Ballantyne won't agree, but but just the mental fortitude, not not to mention the talent of both Rourke and his receivers coming down with balls down the middle in double coverage. It was crazy. But Rourke, I mean, I really, I hear people all over the CFL saying, you are not going to see this guy next year. The caliber of football that you are seeing from this kid 24 years of age on that freaking believable. Yeah. Like arm strength, uh, you know, grit, uh, <laughs> ice in the veins, uh, to, to perform and be, uh, good in the clutch, uh, mobility, all of that size that all matters. But when it comes to NFL talent evaluators, his age of 24 could very well be, uh, you know, one of those atop the list, uh, of his, of his strength. So, um, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I love this from itchy scratchy, the barbarian who's watching live on YouTube, hot take on bonfire sports. Love it. Montreal wins the East, especially after the Harris injury. So what happens to Toronto? What happens to Hamilton? We will, uh, we will see, but uh, love the hot takes there, uh, joining us, uh, in the live chat. Um, what really impressed me about Nathan work was you're right. Like the way he rolled, like it rolled off his back, those two early oh, interceptions. Uh, and as he mounted the comeback, you noticed the uh, Calgary Stampeders, whether it was by design or otherwise, they found, um, you know, found themselves in some situations where they started to play quite conservative um, yeah. and it ended up biting them. Uh, how will Calgary 
navigate uh, the rest of their schedule. They are in Toronto uh, on Saturday night at six o'clock. And then of course, back to Winnipeg uh, on Thursday, August 25th, as the Bombers come back from their bye. That's going to be tough for them. Ooh. Coming off Bombers coming off a loss at home, yeah. then a bye, yeah. and then the Stamps uh, riding through some tough times on their schedule right now. Two straight road games um, after a loss at home to BC uh, in, in the final minutes. Um, it's going to be difficult to beat Winnipeg for a, um, you know, uh, after losing. Uh, sorry, after Winnipeg lost their their last home game, it's it's going to be a heck of a, a game on uh, August twenty fifth. Will they gallop or will they get uh, cloppered, clobbered, cloppered, cloppered? Oh, cloppered, cloppered. There yeah, you go. I just came yeah, up there, with there's that. your horse pun. <laughs> but the, you know, Brett Monson is a great DC. We've talked about him, Darren, and he likes to drop nine guys into coverage. And Rourke was not phased. He is so accurate. Yeah, it's incredible. Field. Those catches to Burnham and especially that one to Whitehead, like it didn't even look like it was possible that he could have caught that ball. And then he comes up with it. And, and you think about the other thing is that's the receivers trusting their quarterback that I'm going to go down the middle like a suicide ball with two yeah. DBs on me and I'm going to go up and get it for you, buddy. It's like I'm going to run through the wall for this quarterback. That's leadership skills. That's trust. Like, yeah. He scares the living crap out of me as a bomber fan, Darren, because if he just if his if his trajectory keeps going like this and and our friend Nick Kowalski's talking about the the trajectory in terms of his numbers, I mean, you're looking at a guy that if he keeps this trajectory, I I, I hate to say it, like I can't believe I'm saying it. You know what you're, I'm gonna say. But you're gonna say it. He's in Doug Flutie territory. Uh, he has boy, seven boy. rushing touchdowns. He's second in the league in rushing touchdowns, even. Yeah. He has five more uh, passing touchdowns than Kolaris. He's got 23, and he's played two less games. Like, it's insane. He is special. He Okay, look, we're, we're through 10 weeks of the CFL regular season. Nathan Rourke has not just been named a CFL top performer, but the top performer out of their three choices, half of the games this season in half of the weeks. Like yeah. he won at week uh, one at week one, they had a bye week two, and then he won it four more times in the remaining uh, eight games. Like it's just yeah. unbelievable. Uh, 488 yards just seems like a, a video game number, but for Nathan Rourke, it, it's doable. Amazing stat I read this week, Zach. Nathan Rourke has as many 400 yard passing games as Bo Levi Mitchell does in his CFL career wow that's unbelievable to think that he's done that in half a season as a starter against someone like so highly regarded as as far as their play on the field and uh bo levi that that's just unbelievable um that's an insane to realize stat, buddy yeah yeah okay so let's move on to uh the final game uh, of cfl week 10 riders elks and the uh. saskatchewan rough riders able to uh win this game they were coming off the bye uh the edmonton elks I like, I see things in them that make me think, okay, this, this could be a team that could figure some things out and, and, you know, maybe start beating some teams. Uh, Kenny Lawler having an all-star caliber season with, you know, touch and go quarterbacking uh, and has had three different starters this year. Taylor Cornelius did the most damage in this game on the ground, seven carries for 86 yards uh, along a 26. He threw for 209 
uh, and no touchdowns and, and did throw an interception. Uh, Cody Fajardo looked a lot fresher to me, Zach. I, I don't know about you. Uh, not that I was dozing off towards the end of this game, but like when it reached the middle of the fourth quarter, I was just like, okay, I think I've maybe had enough of watching this, but, but Cody looked uh, rejuvenated after that bye week. And, you know, he, he did tell TSN that, um, uh, you know, he needed that bye week and his knee felt a lot better. Were you kind of dozing at the end and I'm kind of catching a hint of dislike for the riders, Darren, is that because you're a Winnipegger and your fan card is coming through a little bit? No, 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 no. Don't get it twisted. (laughs) Uh, I was just kind of not a fan of the game, you know, like after watching Calgary BC, like that was awesome. Like I was, you know, edge of my couch, uh, gripped, uh, onto the remote. Well, I, you know what? I'm not even true. I, I kind of like cranked it to, to 55 volume and tossed the remote. Um, I didn't even want to look at my phone during that game. It, w- it was that entertaining to watch. And then kind of, yeah. it was like, ha, ah, you know, a turnover. Okay. You know what, what's yeah. happening here? You know, but you know, Edmonton did look like a team that uh, was going to give Saskatchewan a game uh, yeah. Two and two crazy scores, like right at the end of uh, the first half. Uh, you know, it, it, it was what it was. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, of course, both Western teams uh, clearly on the outside looking in. Uh, these two clubs could be, you know, the two vying for the crossover because you would expect at least yeah. at the halfway point, Calgary, BC, Winnipeg uh, going one, two, three, three, two, one uh, in the uh, yeah. left. However, it well, I, I was I was hoping that I'm. First of all, I love our friends at the Turf District. Uh, the podcast, check it Shout out. out. Yeah, but. I was hoping that they would beat Saskatchewan to set up a season series tiebreaker, right? Because the Riders took the first one and then have a battle for that crossover. Right. Plus, you want to see the Riders lose. But, you know, Edmonton, they made mistakes that you can't make, right? Like, he, they had that early red zone fumble, right? The fumbled snap. They were in the red zone. They were going to score. Uh, but then that P.I. in the fourth quarter on on our friend duke williams helmet hitter uh eye gouger spitter uh he's a guy i don't wish success for personally writer writer colors aside but that's me he he got this pi where where the edmonton elks get a late interception and they're in the lead I don't know if that was PI. Like if I'm an Edmonton fan, that's a tough one. You called you you used the word fluffy in Winnipeg. I did, yeah. That's a tough <laughs> one to take, you know, and it takes away an interception for you for Nafis line. It would have been a second. Tough. That's a tough way to lose. Yeah. Well, and you know what? As Glenn Suter was kind of uh, pumping the tires of, of Nafis uh, Lion, uh, he got beat on uh, a touchdown route. Um, yeah. I can't remember who that was by Kenny Lawler and um, you know, six of one half dozen of the other. He, he's a great player, but then, you know, as soon as you start talking about him uh, you know, he, he gets beat. So he, he made some good plays um, and uh, you know, getting into that conversation amongst uh, some of the better defensive backs in the CFL. It doesn't matter if you're Winston Rose or, or lion or uh, uh, Dietrich Nichols or, or TJ Lee uh, you're going to get beat once in a while. That's football. And, and the way it happens. Um, okay, well, uh, I, I did want to pull this up. So this is where we stand in the CFL standings. Um, and uh, through, well, essentially we're at the halfway point, right? Week 10, we're entering week 11 of a 21-week season. Uh, Bombers still four points up on the BC Lions and a win uh, as part of their, their uh, uh, you know, two games in hand that the BC Lions have. Uh, Calgary, 
is right there, but man, look how close suddenly Calgary looks to Saskatchewan. Uh, just one loss difference between those two teams. They're tied at uh, 10 points. Edmonton, I wouldn't count them out yet, Zach, but uh, on the outside looking in uh, in the West. Toronto, eight points, sitting at four and four. I really wonder if the East Division winner this season will have a plus 500 record. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's the Ticats and the Alouettes, both sitting at six and six uh, with six points in the standings. Ottawa, still a one-win team, but uh, we'll see how things shake out uh, as they return following their bye this week. Uh, I do want to remind people, we have a special giveaway. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this like this so nobody sees it. I'm going to put it there in front of uh, the secondary camera here at the Bonfire Studios, and uh, we're going to get to that uh, in just a second. But it is another prize giveaway and it's a reveal it's a special cfl surprise uh courtesy of uh, some very good friends of ours so hang tight you don't want to miss it uh, as a, a little bit later uh here on bonfire midweek okay zach your sober second thoughts following uh a weekend of whew, did that really happen uh bombers losing uh 2017 in overtime to the montreal alouettes um looking back on it what what stood out to you maybe what uh in your sober mind uh you know since we did bonfire <laughs> after dark um maybe uh, you see a little bit differently now well one thing i don't see differently is that wave that started when we were only up 17-10 and the next thing that happens is uh, sutton comes in and strips sacks zach Kalaris. Mm-hmm. we're still doing the bloody wave and now i've called that wave the riptide <laughs> i like it that it's not a wave it is a riptide one score game. fans never do that again unless we are up by at least two or three scores jeff hamilton he wants zach's buzz takes well okay you got to take me out for 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 some beers then my friend although they're not that different i mean i'm always buzzed when i'm talking about the bombers but you can't do the wave in a close game at home especially when our team's on offense it was bad enough that that the team had the cowbells going when we were on offense that cowbell thing on the big screen so i'm they were still telling mad. Them to go. they were I'm telling them to mad. go yeah greg i am going hustler here but i don't usually care about the wave but that time, like, it's the CFL. My goodness. It wasn't like the yeah. Bombers were running away with that game, right? It wasn't like it was 17-10 and it was like, oh, we're going to kill them. Like, we're on a roll. Like It was 7-7 at halftime yeah, like, in a, a game break. in Winnipeg against the Montreal Alouettes who had two wins. They were 2-6 and six yeah. Yeah. coming into this. I yeah. know it's tough to beat the same team two weeks in a row, but Winnipeg, especially offensively, uh, did not come to play or no, did not play to I I can't say that like look that that's a cliche people say that I can't say that they didn't come to play they didn't start well at all Michael Shea called it low energy yeah. uh, and lacking intensity those are the coach's words and um, if Michael you know, Shea is saying that sorry Darren I got to interrupt yeah. like like yeah, Michael yeah. Shea never gives excuses that's as yep. close to an excuse as you will ever hear from Mike O'Shea and yes Fritchie it would be like Zach, the wave would be like Zach doing a stair run with seven minutes. You'd never see it. Zach only does a stair run when it's over. But yes, I mean, they were tired. Like when you see Stanley Bryant get beat cleanly by Mike Moore, like he did on one play and it causes Happens. a sack. Like you're talking about, you know, a hall of fame, possibly the best American O-lineman in the history of the CFL. 
He never yeah. gets beat. He took a procedure penalty. Like they had hold it. Like they they were tired. It wasn't just Legio yeah, that Harder had a took, tough Harder game. took a Hardrick took a hold too. Um, right. You know, Chris Kolinkowski for a second straight week had trouble with yep. um, Alouette's defensive tackle, Armando Sewell, uh, widely regarded as the strongest man in the league. Um, you know, five sacks against for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Probably should have been six or six. seven, maybe yeah. even eight. Six for sure. Um, with with you know Zach kind of uh, Zach Clarus you know kind of tossing the ball away to make an incomplete yeah. pass out of what would have yeah. been a, a loss on the play. But it wasn't just the sacks; it was the pressures. It was yeah. the inability for Colaris uh, to have time to scan the field and go through his options. Brady Oliveira put together another very good game. Uh, another game, uh, third in a row now, uh, where he's been extremely productive. Um, and four in a row uh, where he has either hit his career high or done better because four weeks ago uh, had 62 yards. That was his highest on the season. Um, we are going to talk about Mark Leggio, but let's talk about some of the uh, the controversy in this game well, outside yeah. of the kicks. Let's talk about the pass interference that you yes. kind of uh, teased well, on um, Twitter. Yeah, well, there was two I want to talk about, and I think they either both need to be called or they both shouldn't be called Darren after looking at them carefully. I mean, and, and hammers saying here, like the bombers could have and should have won the game, you know, before. Day Darren football is about wins and losses and you cannot deserve to win. Like the bombers maybe have a couple times, but when you win, it doesn't matter when you're 10 and Oh, it doesn't matter. Yep. It, we had a chance to get to 400 wins at home. It was a massive, massive crowd of people you maybe wouldn't normally see at a bomber game what a, what a great you get the banjo right? bowl for that yeah. many people right and it was a chance to make magic and and you know you could say what you want about the pis and and the and the fatigue but they had a chance they should have won the game i agree with with jeff hamilton and like westy said it was it was the worst pressure kick he'd ever seen we can't forget that but but let's just move aside for a second so you have the first pi in the second quarter on rose which set up the first montreal touchdown it was maybe technically pi with a little bit of hand fighting but like fluffy was a good word buddy (laughs) fluffy was a good oh i can't hear you darren are you are you mouthing words now you don't don't want to take away my thunder what's going on here you still can't hear me no can't hear me? No, I just oh, can't hear you. Boy. That's weird. That is can weird. the fans hear? Can, can our listeners hear, Darren? Yeah, let us know if you can hear me. One, two, three. We'll try to figure it out. Anyway, I'll just keep chatting until we figure yeah. it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we, the show must go on. Yes. <laughs> He'll figure it out. He's the pro. Like, so the PI, so the first, the, the oh, they can hear. So why can't I hear you? I don't know what's going on here. Oh, that's um, funny. If you guys can hear me, that's great. my thing. I got my... I guess I'll just have to talk at you, Zach, instead of uh, with you. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on here. Let me check my settings. (laughs) But the the first PI call, then I'll let you talk, Darren. Like, the one on Rose was iffy, and that sets up the Montreal touchdown. Uh, I didn't like it. I didn't like it looking back on it again, and I know I'm a homer, but I think a lot of people agreed with me. But then you have the PI call that should have been called, I think, on Dalton Schoen in, in the overtime. Now people are saying that that ball was tipped, and if it's tipped, then it's you can't call pi. Someone on Twitter showed me a very slow mo version of that throw. It did not look tipped to me, and and if it was, 
it doesn't matter. If it was, it, it, it it's it's I cannot believe the refs would see something that subtle. And it looked like there was an e like it looked like there was a tug on Sean as the ball was coming to him, albeit in slow motion. So can you, you know? Hear me, I Zach? would say you still you can't know, hear me. They eh? both should be called. You still can't hear me, eh? What's going on? Oh, that's too bad. Maybe, try, try to get you. You know what? Maybe just unplug the headphones. Just pop them out. Uh, Take these out. What's going yeah. on? Can I hear you now? Well, I don't know. Like unplug it. No, I unplug can't. from the computer. Pull them out. Yeah. Okay. So uh, hopefully, hopefully that's solved. We are the having problem. technical issues. I can't hear Darren. Oh, that's but you bad. can hear me. Yes, I can. Yeah. Okay, anyway, that's bizarre. Uh, you know, j- j- just for you figure it All right, out. Darren, uh, you talk for a minute. Let me see yeah. if I'm unmuted myself. <laughs> see, like, you know, Zach and I almost like it's like the same wavelength. He knows exactly where I'm at. I know exactly where he's at. So he's going to figure that out. And I'm going to give you my opinion on it. Uh, if that pass was tipped, uh, it doesn't matter. P.I. is P.I. However, uh, a slow motion or even a regular motion, when you see a defender's hand like right on a jersey, how much does he grab? How much does he actually impede the receiver from making contact, right? Uh, or, or impede the receiver from making the catch? Uh, the Winston Rose uh, interception, or, or sorry, uh, pass interference call, uh, I called that fluffy. That one to me uh, was kind of the same play uh neither of them in my opinion is actually pass interference you really need to get in the way uh of players um ability to catch the football a lot of people asking about the five yard rule uh you know uh on a variety of different mediums uh social media and on the radio and the rest this week uh the rule is uh you cannot jam the receiver beyond 5 yards so what is jamming the receiver if a receiver is lined up at the line of scrimmage and the defensive back is 5 yards off the line of scrimmage the defensive back can like get his hands up in that receiver's uh you know torso area the shoulder pads the chest he can push him uh even though the ball's away that's called jamming the receiver it's it's kind of just getting them off of their their regular route uh, a little bit you are allowed to do that in the first 5 yards from the line of scrimmage beyond that you cannot jam the receiver but contact the re- with the receiver is subjective hand fighting is normal and allowed in football, if a receiver is running downfield and a defensive back's right with them, the ball's coming, they can't grab a wrist or, or something like that, but they can, you know, like knock each other or push each other or, or do their best uh, to like hand battle um, and and gain position and gain advantage with that ball coming. They use their body. They box out uh, like the, the basketball term. Well, you know, when you're in the paint and, and trying to grab a rebound, use your body position, use your shoulders and your torso, use your hips to box the other uh, player out. Uh, receivers do it. Defensive backs do it. Um, and uh, it's all normal part uh, of the game. That was one area a lot of people wanted clarity on. You can jam the receiver within that first five yards. You cannot jam them. That is stop them from running in the direction they want to go beyond five yards. Zach, you still having trouble? That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. You keep working, buddy. Uh, if you need to like refresh, maybe I'll send him a text. Uh, yeah, I think he's got it. Oh man. See, like, Reads my mind all the time. Uh, that's uh, that's great uh, to see. Okay, so Zach's back now. 
I just I, left. It, it's like Occam's razor. Keep it simple, stupid. Just leave and come back. Turn off the thing. And you can hear on. me now. I can hear you now. I have Beautiful. no idea. There was no settings. It was just so a I just thing. I just went through. What did you say, uh, Darren? Can you repeat everything, please? <laughs> I just went through like what jamming the receiver is within five yards that is legal. And the difference between that and downfield, the hand fighting, the regular contact sure. that is allowed. Uh, in short, Zach. I didn't think either of those plays was pass interference, including the one on Dalton shown. Uh, I understand he had a hold of his shoulder, like for that split second, but you watch it in slow motion, not really a real, um, you know, reflection of what exactly happened because it's slow yeah. motion. You can see every little nuanced thing. Good players find a way to get away with those things and gain that slight advantage. I'm not saying they get yeah. away with something illegal. It's subjective. Did the defend did the defender impede the receiver from catching the football? I think it's, he did on Sean, but if you if you have to here's the thing. If you have to if it if, if you can only see it in slow motion and they didn't call it, then you're not gonna get yeah. it overturned. And I get that. It's just call it like call it this consistently, right? Like call it don't call pass interference in the first in the first half. That's all. It's just, it's frustrating when that happens. You're watching <laughs> Greg battles here. He said, he, I, you called me some bad names, soft, unreliable. And <laughs> I called you. Zach. You know what I called you Zach. Mm. I called you. I called you vanilla vanilla. Oh, now I'm going to come back stronger, buddy. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I hate that from the CFL because it's something that renders the CFL uh, for new fans. Uh, kind of bush league i get refs make mistakes they're human but you know those things affect affect the outcome of the game like if we don't if rose doesn't get called that on that pi right yeah i don't know if i don't know if montreal wins the game despite us playing like crap but well let, let's talk about a let's talk about a penalty in that game that had a much more direct yeah. impact and that was donald rutledge jr's toenail Ooh. offside on uh and face third mask, and goal yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't his face mask. It was another player's face mask. Oh, I can't make it? it out. I can't make oh, it out okay. from the the screen grabs and that sort of thing. But uh, more so, like if a player's body enters that neutral zone, like a face mask, they'll maybe let it go. It's not too big of a deal if it's like you know shoulder pads, body, leg, uh, a little bit different. Uh, oh, yeah. But the toe over the line is what called it. Some people call that ticky tack. Some people call that you know way too to the letter of the law. And that's the way I put it. It's the letter of the law. Yep. The reality is when football teams uh, are preparing for things like that, they know where the line of scrimmage is. The officials aren't silent on the field. You ever see a receiver like go like this and kind of point towards the sideline? They're talking to the official. Willie Jefferson does it to ensure he's on side when he's rushing from the defensive end or from the outside linebacker position. It's normal to talk to the officials. The officials will literally say the goal line is the line of scrimmage or the goal line is the start of the neutral zone. And Donald Rutledge Jr. did not pay close enough attention to where his foot was lined up. If that was a catch inbounds, out of bounds, and the toe was that close, they would have ensured they called it the right way. If that was the edge of the football getting into the end zone, they would call it a touchdown or to call it not a touchdown, right? That's all it takes. It is important to call the rules as they're called. Is it a heartbreaker? 
absolutely. Did Mike O'Shea and Adam Big Hill admit it after the game that they need to be better in that specific play? They did. Well, so they you, know yeah. they know they were in the wrong. The unfortunate thing is that it was uh, you know, a, a young play caller in Anthony Calvillo went three straight quarterback sneaks and Winnipeg is good against that. They're one of the best goal line teams uh, in the league, if not the best. And they tried and tried and tried. Winnipeg stuffs them. Crowd goes wild. And then it's just that tiny little error by a rookie. Yep. Uh, like Cal Murphy said back in the no, day. No, Dave Ritchie, I was corrected. Sorry, I was corrected. Pardon me. Yes, yes. And Walby, <laughs> Walby tells me that too. You're right. It was Dave Ritchie. You I thought a, it was Cal Murphy too. You get a loss for every rookie on your roster. So uh, not yeah. blaming him not blaming anybody because there was a lot of things that could have gone differently in that game, but that was a penalty. Yeah. Um, and it's clear as day, whether it's like a, a millimeter or an inch or a foot, yeah. uh, if it's clear, they're going to call it. So, uh, just unfortunate but when it happened. It, it's super unfortunate, especially when it maybe takes, it takes away maybe one of the plays of the year where Biggie jumps over top and, and stuffs Dominique Davis, right? It, yeah. His toe was over the line. Now, the only thing is some people are arguing, and I saw it here on the chat, Darren, mm -hmm. that maybe the ball was actually not exactly on the one lot one yard line that maybe well, it was a bit behind the one yard line what do centers, you make of that argument centers will pick the ball up and either move it forward or backward they're permitted to do that that's allowed okay so okay that ball is in the center's hand so that's not necessarily where the officials placed it oh interesting right so if if the officials communicated to the blue bombers line like hey this is the line of scrimmage this is the neutral zone it's their responsibility, right? So, uh, it's a good I've point. seen I've seen centers move the ball forward. I've seen centers move the ball back. I've seen them just kind of tilt it up. That's what it looked like uh, Montreal did. They just kind of tilted it up. So, uh, screen grabs don't always tell the whole story, right? We do oh, have to yeah. put a little bit of faith in officials and the players to uh, sure. you know do their job and and and, and the bombers right. owned it, right? And, and that little tidbit of information about that I that I learned just now is why we have you on the show, Darren. It's why it's why, why you when you on. yeah why when you cold cold called me the professional, I was like, yeah, okay, this guy's got his you job. cold called me, man. <laughs> you cold called me and said, hey, uh, let's go bombers podcast yeah. needs to be on Bonfire Sports. I said, no, no, no. You need to be on Bonfire Sports. That's right. And uh, here you are uh, with your sober second thoughts on the game. I'm just, I'm just helping you. Um, you know, I'm giving you a cup of coffee with those sober second thoughts. That's all. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, so we've got these penalties that. Were, let's talk uh, about Mark Leggio. Let's so talk this, about so, the kick. So here, here's the thing. Again, Westy says, and Andrea Kohach is, is reminding us, Westy, like, and if Westy says it, you know, he's he's made a lot of great kicks. He's made a lot of bad kicks. He's yeah. and he's never made a kick that bad. Maybe, you know, he missed those in the Great Cup, but but just in terms of miss hitting, and he was, to use a Harry Potter term, he was absolutely stupefied. He he <laughs> couldn't believe how that kick was miss hit. The only thing I saw on the replay was that maybe the snap was a little bit wide and the holder had to grab for it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, and then what was interesting is as soon as Legio kicked it, he looked back at the holder. He looked back at Prukup and he was like, like almost like, 
Well, it's because uh, he knew he he struck it terribly. Well, my, so you're gonna my you're gonna look back like like what did I step on something? Was something no, there? See, he the his his facial expression to me looked like he was like, dude, what are you doing? That's just that's just how I saw it. I may be totally wrong, but um, yeah, it, it, you just it, it's like it's like the perfect storm, right, Darren? Like we mm-hmm. we heard a stat this week where. 32-yard field goals are made 82% of the time. 96% of the time is going to at least be a single. So there's a 4% chance that 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 you duff it like that. Like, it never happens. And like, it's like, just here, here's so the thi- tragic. Here, here's the thing. Some people say, why didn't they punt? Or why didn't no, he just, like, yeah, kick get it? Into so that. We, we will get into that. But, yeah, but yeah. first, it's very, very possible that... Mark Leggio knew he needed to absolutely crush the crap out of that ball. So if anything happened, it's at least through. Okay. So that's a 32 yard field goal, which is convert distance. And, you know, like you and I talked about on, on game day after dark, it's like, Oh, I had that thought in the yeah, moment. Like, this is a convert it's your fault. distance. It's field your goal. thought. It's your what? thought. No. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah, my it's it's my. But he struggles with thought. converts, right? That's the thing. Yes, he, he, that's he has exactly a great it. Field goal percentage, but converts, and that's what popped into my mind. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, Mark Leggio misstruck that ball because he was trying to crush it. I think, and it's not exactly normal to line up. It's not normal to line up a thirty-two yarder and say, "Okay, like look, I'm gonna have to pound this thing," but you know, with no time on the clock or four seconds, whatever it was. Um, it's not that he missed the field goal. Mark Leggio missed the ball. He didn't completely miss the ball, but he missed his spot in striking that ball. Field goal kickers concentrate on hitting the ball the exact same way every time. Punting, same deal, but you know, you do put different spins on it and that sort of thing. Kickers into wind, into crosswind, into headwind, um, you know, all those types of things. Angled chip shots. They know how they need to strike the ball. Mark Leggio knew exactly how he needed to strike the ball from that right hash, right? And he missed his mark on the ball. He didn't miss the field goal. He missed the kick. Yeah. And that's the difference between uh, the hindsight decision, which is easy to make of why didn't they just punt it through? Maybe we should get into that now and that decision. Well, can I just say that I love that Jeff Hamilton is really bringing it today. I love having him on here. What does he know? Uh, well, what is Jeff I, I, Hamilton of the Winnipeg five. Free, free I, Press? I, I, no. He transferred him a five, a five, five dollars. You, you bought know, him a coffee. So I bought him a cup of coffee. So what, it depends what, does what kind the, of coffee. If if you get a cold brew or something, it's like more than five bucks. But what does the president of the Football Reporters of Canada know? <laughs> He's saying fifty-eight to sixty-yard field goal to clear the end zone. Okay, I'm bad at math, so. It, the field goal is from the thirty spotted at the or spotted at the at the thirty two where the T is. The, the end zone is twenty yards deep. Hammer, isn't that fifty two yards? I, Am I my math my math my math was uh, I'll, I'll lay it out for you. It was uh, the ball was at the twenty four um, the the twenty five. Was it the twenty five? I thought well, it was, it was 24. like twenty four twenty five. Like they, they sometimes it's a seven yard snap. Sometimes it's an eight yard snap. Right. Sometimes it's somewhere in the middle. I know Justin Medlock would often go eight because he wanted better clearance on the line. You know, he liked to hit it kind of low. So he wanted it farther back so it could have more, 
you know, a yard more to get up. Mm -hmm. Um, but 25 yards plus the 20 in the end zone, that's 45 yards. If you punt, it's easily a 10 yard snap, especially if you want to be careful that it doesn't get blocked. If it gets blocked, you got no chance of scoring a single. Okay. With a field goal, you have a chance of scoring three or one with a punt. You only have a chance of scoring one. You can't drop kick a field goal. Well, you can drop kick it like Doug Flutie did for the Buffalo Bills, where you actually drop the ball, it hits the ground, and then you kick it through. I know that's still legal in the NFL. I don't even know if it's still legal in the CFL, but I'll take my shot out of, uh, I digress. Uh, That is a 55, and if you want to clear it, like there could be a guy standing at the back of the end zone. It doesn't just have to get, it doesn't have to to clear the guy. It has to clear the guy. He can catch it in front of the line and kick it well, out, right? And he can be heels on the back of the end zone and have his, like, you know, he could be six feet tall and, and jump another three feet, right? Uh, or two feet, whatever it is. So yeah. you don't just have to get it to the back of the end zone. You have to kick it way beyond that so it clears through the air or through one of the sides of the end zone, which isn't easy. There no, are so that- many more things that can go wrong and mike o'shea said it as plain and simple as he could post game zach what did he say didn't think about it of course you roll your field goal kicker out for a 32 yard chip shot to win period and and i wonder uh, i suspect i don't know but given the quality of coaching and the numbers that that folks are throwing out here that it's you know it's got to be a 55 60 yard field goal and Westy was talking about that with with our pal hustler right like he would have focused on skying it right like making sure it doesn't get blocked skying it so it goes over yeah. uh you know that's a big kick and and if you're trying to smash it and you've got the pressure there like i can't imagine the coach has told him to smash the ball that doesn't make sense to me i think that's i, I just just knowing that the quality of the coaches like like boosh and all, and all those guys like Shout out to his coffee stir stick, by the way, that he doesn't swallow when he gets hit by one of the players, our special right. teams coach, Boudreaux. Um, you know, I, you, you got, you, you just, you make the field goal. And I think, I imagine in his head, it was like, okay, at least if I miss it, I'll smash it through. And I wonder if that's, if that's what, where, where the rails came off, Darren. I, I do want to clarify to, to one bird WB who's watching live uh, on YouTube, some great comments in the chat uh, and and one that I pulled up here, I know they measure it from uh, the line of scrimmage. I'm not talking about what the net of the punt would be because you don't want it caught. I'm talking about how far you actually have to punt it. And you're asking a punter to kick it just about as far as they're possibly able to, because you need it to go 54 yards, 55 yards, and then maybe another eight for the snap or or sorry, another eight for uh, it clearing the end zone. You do not want to give the team any opportunity and the most simple straightforward way to not give the other team an opportunity to take points away from you is to do exactly what Jeff Hamilton says right here. You're back-to-back great cup champs. It's a 32 yard field goal. Suggesting a punt is embarrassing. Uh, maybe a touch hyperbolic there, but but definitely correct. <laughs> definitely correct. These two why legends. Would you, why, would, why would you suggest 
yeah. a punt when it's a 32 yard field goal. Like, come on. There's only it's, one. It's a ridiculous debate to me. I like, I've been thinking about this all weekend as much as I have not been thinking about this all weekend, but the moments where I do think about it, I'm like, this is asinine to cons- like, Oh, they should have punted. No. How long is the snap back to the holder on a punt? It, it, it can be quite a distance. If you want to make sure it doesn't yards? get 12, 12. So you're, you're asking, you're, you're going back. You're going back to the 36. If it's 12 or 37 yards. So he's punting from the 37 yard line plus 20 yards of the end zone. Plus he still have to has, has to have that clearance at the back. You're asking him to punt it over you know 60, 65 yards in a high pressure situation. Yeah. There, there is a one I found on Twitter. Uh, Eddie Johnson of the Riders tried to punt it 48 yards to win a game. I think it was Saskatchewan against Edmonton in the 80s, or maybe. Yeah, didn't work. It didn't. It didn't. The it, Ken it, Miller. People don't yep. do it. Yeah, because you kick a 32 yard field goal. You you should be making that 82 percent of the time. So Gregory uh, is is very adamant that the bomber should have punted. Uh, we, we've had some chats uh, in a group chat and in some DMs yeah, yeah. and 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 that sort of thing. Uh, Louis Pasaglia did do it, but where did he do it? Look at the screen when he kicks the ball. He purposefully kicks it to miss it, and the corner of that end zone is chopped off. That was either at Empire or it was at Commonwealth. That right. is a shortened end zone. Louis right. knew what he was doing. That's different, right? Mark Leggio kicked the field goal. Yeah. Kicked and, the and field goal. I'm going to answer a question from our friend, uh, Sandy Thompson, who asked, if it hits the upright and then goes in, does it still can? Yes. Yes. You can You can hit it off the upright and in. Absolutely. And and yeah. that, that happened. So that was the overtime. That was the overtime kick, right? Where he doinked it off the right upright. Yeah. 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 But it but it went out or it came right, right. back out. And that and but that's it, that's why it was our code word for for these beauties. It was wide right, because he hit it wide right and hit the right upright. That's right. Or it could have been doinked right, but anyway. Yeah. Um that, that would have you know what? That should have been it because that would have been fun to see how people spell it. So so I think I don't know. Anything <laughs> else we want to say about this kick? I mean, it it no, <laughs> it's horrible. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that we love about football, that and that and that also breaks your heart about football. I want to say this, Darren, and you mm-hmm. intimated it uh, a while back, and and it's one of the reasons I like football more than any other sport. There's only 18 games. There's only nine home games. Each game is a drama, it, it, and some games are legendary. And for fans who are as nuts as me, like we remember games from 10, 15, 20 years ago, and we will always remember this game for that duffed yep. kick. And well, on the penalties and the penalties and going for 10 and 0, 400 wins. Y- yep. You have uh, 30,000 plus. Like, what a great yeah. atmosphere that was for a non military appreciation night. It, right? it's, it's a non banjo, it's a Thursday night. Like, it's like this legendary team. Yeah. And, and 10 straight always, games, not just going, yeah. trying to go 10 and 0, but 10 straight with no buys. So, Nuts. so we'll always, I will always remember that game, right? Here we are football. It's a moment in time. It's, it's 60 minutes, real time of play, but we'll always remember. And every game counts so much, right? Like, and now we're in a battle with the lions. Like that loss could come back to bite us. So it's just, 
the football football is such an up and down like heartbreaking or heart-wrenching game to watch darren right like like he he hits that and and we don't even i'm not even talking about the sacks to be honest with you it's like okay they they were crappy they're tired of course they were going to win a squeaker it's a back-to-back yeah Legio yeah. hits that kick or gets a single. Right. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. That's how black and white football could be. But since he didn't get the kick, I do have to talk about the sacks just quickly. And I know people want our midseason awards and they want to know about this special prize. Right. But, but you know, it's that moment in time that makes all the difference. Football is a wins and losses game. Yep. And so it's just, it's crazy. That's that's why I love the drama, and that's why it can knife you in the heart when it doesn't go your way. Yeah, and it, it can bring you to the rafters with joy when it does. Okay, yeah. well said. I just want to. I, I just want to say one thing. I'm going to address this in a second. Go ahead. Oh yes, Sarah. Um, we also have to talk about Matt Nichols. Yep. Uh, I was I was interested to see if the Bombers' trajectory of giving up sacks... I know everyone's asking, why is Zach so obsessed with sacks today? I was inter- I was interested to see, are they giving up more sacks as the season goes on? Which is concerning, right? Because is it just... The, the question I have going into the back nine of the game, literally the back nine of the season, Darren, mm-hmm. is, is this something that's been exposed with the Bombers? Or were they just tired and Montreal has a good D-line? So I looked yep. at a little bit of They'd be tired. Playing right. the same team two weeks in a row, they're going to find a way. Well, Montreal got eight sacks on us in two games. That's a lot of sacks. Uh, just for perspective, uh, they got three in the first game, five in the second. The only other time they got over five was against Saskatchewan on a short week when Sask was on the road. They got eight that game, right? That's kind of an outlier. So, you know, they didn't get any sacks against Hamilton, none even against Edmonton, one against Calgary, you know, two on the back-to-back versus Saskatchewan, three on or two on Toronto. So, you know, the, they did better against us getting to the quarterback, and, and that concerns me. Or maybe it doesn't. We see that's what I'm looking for in the back nine. Now, the other thing is, you know, Montreal has a 2.1 sacks per game average versus Winnipeg. It's four. Now, is that because we're tired? Is that because we just don't match up well, Darren? Is that coaching or are we getting exposed? And the, the last thing I'll say is in terms of Winnipeg sacks against. Weeks one to five, we gave up eight sacks, which is an average of of 1.6 yards, 1.6 sacks a game. Week six to 10, they gave up 13 sacks, which is 2.6 per game. So it's a whole sack worse. Again, you know, it's a small sample. It's it's 10 weeks, relatively small. You have some outliers there. You have a lot of zero sack games. There's three zero sack games in there. But mm-hmm. but what I'm wondering is because they're still fourth in the league for for sacks against you know they're pretty good they average about two per game, but the thing is is the trajectory getting worse? Are, are these guys getting tired? Are they getting old? As someone suggested to me, someone who knows about old linemen, right? You've got Hardrick and Newfeld and and dare I say Stanley Bryant getting up there. You've got some newer guys and Kolinkowski and Gray. 
you know, is this a problem? And if it is a problem, which would be ironic because the O-line is something that Winnipeg has been known for since Andrew Harris came in 2016. Mm-hmm. If this is becoming a problem, then that is a big problem because if you can't protect Zach Kolaris, I know he's Houdini and can make magic like that first touchdown pass to Schoen. That's schoolyard stuff. That nice. you, can't, you can't teach that. He talked about that. But you right? and you and you can't rely on that either. But you can't rely on it. And and you talk about these huge games coming up against Saskatchewan. That is a fearsome D line. They have some problems in other places, but if you can't if you can't protect Zach Kolaris and, and this continues, I'm gonna say it. I, I don't want to be alarmist, Darren, but we but are in trouble. Hang on, okay. All so of what that, do you think of that? All of that, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I get it. However, it's one game. Brady Oliveira and the Blue Bombers run game is suddenly good. Like the yes. concern is out the window. And Our pass protection Zach, is different. In one game. Two, Against though. the team. Well... Was it that bad in Montreal? Oh, they gave up three, which was higher than average. Then they gave up five. They And you said even, you know, six. Look, Avery Ellis was not in the lineup in Montreal. He was in the lineup uh, in, uh, in Winnipeg. Uh, and it's not just D-line versus O-line. They brought blitzes like Wesley Sutton. <laughs> Had sacks and uh, who's the by other? the way that sorry Darren but that blitz when he strip sacks Zach Calaros, Calaris I should say that was yep. a great play call like you saw the bombers didn't even see that coming <clears throat> like Hardrick yep. didn't even know he was coming great uh, play. Oliveira didn't know it was, he was a great like play. it was great it was a great scheme so it, it, you know Hammer's saying it's an overreaction is it an overreaction or are they just tired and it's one game two games Darren. Well, I, I disagree with Jeff, but I also agree with Jeff. I think I think, <laughs> I, I think well, hey, you know, we, we have our fun. Uh, no, uh, I, I'm with Hammer. It's an overreaction. Okay. It's one we'll game. See. It's 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 one series. It's eight quarters against the same team. Yeah, it was week nine and week ten in a row. The run game's working. Uh, sometimes you get out schemed like Noel Thorpe is no slouch. Oh, Noel Thorpe, okay. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his like, and he plays the bombers. Well, yeah, he no for sure. And, and that Sutton one, which really changed the game. It was the bonfire burning point, the strip sack. That was that yeah. scheme, right? Like that's watching film and knowing, Oh, the bombers aren't going to see that coming. And it's back to back. I guess it's just something I'm interested in watching in the second, like the back nine of the season. And then the other thing I'm I'm interested in watching is Legio. This can sink Legio, or or it can help him grow. I hope it's the latter. I am cheering for him. I tweeted it today. Don't boo the kicker. Someone asked, do do you boo the kicker when they miss? Not if you want him to keep winning. Like most kickers aren't going to respond well to being well, booed. Were the were were the fans booing the kicker or were they booing the bombers for not winning the game in regulation? Well, fair fair enough. They should just, have, they should have won. They period. should have won. And that and that's it, right? And so it's just <clears throat> is look, Legio gonna be able to put this in like put this aside, get the help he needs. That's the that's, that's the more question. of the let's see what happens. I, I'm less concerned about the blue bombers offensive line and pass protection. Uh, upcoming here, 
they have Calgary and then Saskatchewan twice in the Labor Day Banjo Bowl series. Okay. Calgary is a good systemic defense. The, the Blue Bombers did a excellent job against them in their, their two previous meetings and in, in winning both games. How will Calgary come at them defensively in the third meeting? Uh, yeah. But Saskatchewan is where I really like, if you want to see if this Blue Bombers offensive line can pass protect, watch the games against Saskatchewan. That's when I will be concerned. If Saskatchewan eats them up, it's like, okay, maybe there's an issue here. But until then, uh, I'm not too concerned. And and I hate to take the final word on that, Zach, because you did uh, present an excellent argument and and thought there. But I do need to get to this special CFL surprise. I've had enough sobriety. I've had enough. It was almost a third take, dude. Go on and uh, like literally. Okay, so so while while we're doing this, uh, well, okay, hang on, because my camera, my secondary camera here, I'm trying to use like a, I'm trying to use an iPhone as like a second camera here, and it just keeps like cutting in, cutting out, cutting in, cutting out. So okay, I think I've got it now. We'll see how this goes. Okay, we're gonna try this. So our good friends at Joe Daly Sports Cards, uh, Joe Daly Sports and Custom Framing uh, gave us a box of these amazing CFL Upper Deck cards. There we go. Now I got it straightened out. How about this? I like, look, I, I, I get like, I know it's Cody. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. Hello. But these are awesome. So what we're going to do is we're going to open these right now on the show. Huge ups to joe and his son travis uh like what a great place to go if, if you're a blue bombers fan uh you can uh go there or even a jet like a jets fan obviously like uh joe world champion winnipeg jet with the wha teams right um awesome atmosphere great camaraderie and friendship see there it is my camera died again just give me a second we'll get this figured out um, well, I, I I could say that you know Fajardo even looks good in that card, so it tells you something. Even Fajardo looks good in that card. <laughs> there you right? go. Okay, yeah, there we go. So uh, be sure to check uh, them all out at uh, JoeDailySportsCards.com. Link in the description. Big ups to him. So what we're going to do is we're going to open some of these cards while I'm opening these and and revealing them to the camera. Uh, Zach, you and I need to go through our midseason award winner. So I'm going to get you yeah, yeah. to uh, kind of quarterback that as I open these cards. And my, my camera keeps dying. Well, it's bad luck. It's you've got you've got uh, Cody Fajardo there. So probably that's probably it. He's just probably sprinkling something on your connection there. And it's, uh, it's <laughs> not quite working. I'm going to try a different cord. But uh, OK, so like for our midseason awards, uh, yeah. where do you want to start? Well, first I'll say that that uh, just before that, Darren, and, I, and I'm seriously like buying time here, honestly. <laughs> but you are, eh? Right? The, the, the Pick'em and Fantasy Leader is still Tedley, a.k.a. Ryan Harris. So yeah, that guy's killing I, it. He's killing it on both. Like, it's different skill set, man. It's like playing guard and right tackle. Like, yeah. this guy's incredible. So I think I think he maybe should win something just just because maybe a t-shirt. Well, we got we got some we got some special prizes too for end of season, right? Yeah, yeah. Like this, like I. But I think he should get a special prize, an extra special one if he if he wins Pick'em and Fantasy for Bonfire Sports. That's fair. That's uh, fair. So there he that. is, Tedley too. He's giving us the thumbs up. 
Way to go, Tedley. I, I'm impressed, hey. man. But did you have Brian Burnham this week? Because I did, and I burnt the CFPN <laughs> podcast network, Canadian Football Podcast Network. Yeah, baby. On behalf of okay. Fire Sports. So, so do you want me to go through my midseason awards? Is yeah, let's do it. As I as I crack open this box of beautiful 2021 yeah. CFL upper deck cards, uh, 16 packs per box, uh, six cards per pack. And as it says there, three hits per box. What are the hits? Well, we're going to yeah. find out, but they're yeah, pretty, the pretty hits? cool. Yeah. What are the okay. hits? Um, okay. We'll get to it. Okay. So you, uh, you, you quarterback this. I'm You're trying in to Drew the, Brown. I'm trying to get the ums out of here when I re-listen. I was like, ah, too many ums, but I, I digress and I'll take a shot. My MOP was Kolaris until Rourke kind of took the league on his back the last couple of weeks. I just, I just can't in good conscience not give it to Rourke. He, you know, in two less games, he leads the league in passing over Kolaris by 500 yards, two less games, leads Zach by five TDs in two less games. Our friend Nick Kowalski was saying he's on base for 7,000 yards. It's like, it's crazy. He's second in the league with rush TDs with seven. And just his mental toughness, he's he, he's got that team humming at seven and one. They've only lost to the dark side defense. And, and you know, that's going to be a wake-up call for any young quarterback. So yeah. now I get it. He has great receivers. but uh, And someone in the chat said, yeah, give Corey McSimmick, the, uh, the OC, some credit too. I, absolutely. Right? But the guy is just crushing the league, like really. And and I and I'm scared to play him again. I'm fascinated to play him again. But yeah, yeah great battle. Kolaris owned Rourke in their head to head, sure. But I'm talking yeah. overall, most outstanding right now. It's he, it's gotta be Rourke. Zach, these are not easy to open. Someone challenged you to open them with one hand. <laughs> man i can't even do it with two it's kind of like george <laughs> costanza right with, yeah. remember when george has the has the condom and he's like you got to do it like a bag of chips <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite like more subtle line. moments uh on uh, that man we keep losing the camera here i apologize i apologize everybody we'll, we'll get and one bird up. one bird is throwing shade on my grammar and he knows my mom was an english prof oh one oh, bird ouch. I love attention to detail i love it I love it. Well, your 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 mom had a column uh, in the free press this week. She did. Yes, it, it, it was about uh, widowhood. It was very powerful. She's a wonderful writer. I am like one hundred thousandth the writer she is, uh, but she's who I've learned from, and uh, yep. I know one bird knows her well. So that that's cool. That was a cool connection. Oh, there you've got Bowley by Mitchell. So okay. So do do you want me just to as you're doing this, just run through all of them? Yeah, and then I'll I'll, I'll like chime in with mine uh-huh okay so most outstanding canadian i had another person in mind and i know who you like darren but guess who leads the league in rushing right now would you believe it's brady Oliveira? like he what he, is, he, he, he has come on he's leading the league in rushing are you serious yeah, unless I had a sty on my eye or something, but no, he he's leading the league and he's got three rushing TDs. He's coming on, and this is a homer pick maybe, but I just love that we 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 saw Andrew Harris rip us apart when we played Toronto. We thought, oh my God, like we made a mistake. And look, as many of us suspected, Harris might even be done for the season. His career might be over. The injuries are catching up to him. 
and Oliveira is coming on. I love that piece in the free press and, and, and some of the reporters talking about the relationship he built with Kevin Burgoyne and said, Hey buddy, you're a big back hit the holes. We know what you can do. Right. And I just love that. I love that story. I hope we hear a similar story with Legio, but he's being more decisive as Fritchie's saying, these are league awards and, and Oliveira is a Canadian back starting running back who has battled his heart out you know, to be the starting running back. And uh, he's leading the league. So I'm going to give him my most outstanding Canadian right now. And oh. and, I, and I'm just, I'm glad the Harris saga is over. Uh, let's let's move on to uh, Oliveira. It's, it's the Oliveira age. So let's go, Brady Oliveira. You're my, my MOC. My most I've outstanding. Thought, like, I've had no Bombers players in the first two packs. Yeah, this is, there, this there's is, my favorite so wacky. far. There's this the CFL's wacky. current touchdown leader, uh, Dom. Those are sharp. Wimes. They are, are really, really cards. nice. I, really, I, really I nice I never cards. had CFL cards. I know Sandy Thompson, one of our biggest listeners here, uh, has is a big card collector, so she's uh, probably oh, yeah? a lot to say. She's asking, does each pack have different cards? I think it, it does, does, right? Yeah. 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 These are just um, like uh, like the upper deck cards of, of uh, you know, the 90s and, and whatever when you were a kid, and like yeah. completely random, right? So... Uh, when they say like there's a hit, uh, they're going to be like, it's going to be something special. I sure hope we get through one today. Uh, there's yeah. there's a nice Canadian Levi Noel. There you go. Okay. Yeah, Fritchie, it's the age of Oliveira. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I, I now love with the BC Oliveira. Lions, one of the best athletes in the league, Luches Purifoy. Guy is yes, a sir. freak. Yeah. And yes, Jeff Bowes, Harris is awesome. I mean, I I mean, I love Harris. He's a legend. I'm just saying for now, I'm just glad Oliveira's doing well. He's coming on. Uh, let's go. My most outstanding rookie, I go back to the Bombers, is Dalton Schoen. He's got the second most touchdown passes in the league. He's clutch. He's become Zach's. You, you could argue him and Ellingson, number one receiver for a rookie. That's crazy. For a guy who didn't even know the waggle, that is crazy. So shown is uh, is shown the rest of the league what he can do. My most outstanding special teams player is not a bomber. I hate to say it's Rene Paradis, Darren. Oh he's, my. he's hitting at a 90% clip. He had his career long 53 in the last game. He's 100% on point afters, which, you know, aren't a given anymore. So I think I think Paredes is is money. I think he's really, really playing well. Close second to this uh, this guy, this uh, Woods guy, Lawrence Woods, the returner in Hamilton, and of course Peyton Logan, right? But uh, Janarian Grant is 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 also, you know, he he's oh lights out. There's Ooh. our hit. There is our hit right there. So, so what's the hit? This is called uh, Upper Deck Game Jersey. So this is Darrell Walker's, like that right there. I can feel it. I don't know how, no how well way. you can see it. That is a real piece of his game-worn jersey. That's so crazy. The card, let's see. The card says, uh, congratulations, you've received a trading card with Darrell Walker, game-used football memorabilia that has been certified to the Upper Deck Company issued in an official CFL game. We hope you enjoy this piece of football history. Continue to keep you as close as you can get. How about that? That is very, very cool. That's actually really cool, That And a first bomber who's not even a bomber anymore. Here's Darvin Adams. Ooh. 
but but boy do those jerseys pop eh darren like they the really bomber do. cards are beautiful oh, they're the best by far everyone's asking where garrett marino's card is <laughs> we, don't, we don't know maybe joe yeah. daly uh took him out of the packs so you you haven't asked me what my well hold on i got one more well you wanted to go more. through all of yours first okay well, well i thought we could have we were doing I thought, I thought we could have a nice debate, like go back and forth. But you okay. you go through all of yours and then revisit right. yours, and, and I'll give you mine. All right, all right. I want to open up a couple more packs. What well, do you? I'll what do does it. everyone think? Should yeah, I open up a couple it. more? I love it. I want to see more bombers. Uh, the, the 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 interesting thing is, will Rourke can Rourke win the most outstanding player and the most outstanding rookie? But he's not a rookie. He played last year, so he can't actually. So um, okay, I just figured that out in my head. The last one is most outstanding lineman. Now, this is one I'd like to hear your thoughts on, on Dar- uh, Darren, because I don't know who to attribute this to, but I think it's a Calgary lineman. They've allowed the least sacks. They have the most rush yards and most average, highest average rush per game. So which Calgary lineman do you give that to? Is it Bryce Bell, the center? Is it Derek Dennis, the left tackle, which is maybe arguably the most important part? of the line is it ryan sevier so i don't know but someone on the calgary o-line for me is one of the most is is the most outstanding lineman right now so those are my picks rourke Oliveira, shown paradise and someone on the calgary o-line i don't know who i need your help like who let's give it to let's give it to winnipegger zach williams okay manitoba bison's product there you go oh there you go okay love it Okay, let's it give did it, it to again. Zach Williams. It did it again. Oops, I, gotta get this I did again. it again. I That's my it. second song. <laughs> uh, how come this is doing that? I was having a lot of fun opening these cards. I might have to do it this way. I might just have to do it this way. And if well, you guys notice, you if you notice, my apartment is like cooking hot today. I got fans going like crazy sweating through my bonfire sports hat but uh but this is fun and and again shout out to uh joe daily uh sports and framing like they're just the best i love these guys uh they got licensed merchandise uh they have got uh all types of cards old and new go in there take a trip down memory lane uh and of course they can uh do up your uh jersey frame your stuff up uh whether it's your kids jersey or your own jersey football baseball basketball hockey you name it uh the people down there are awesome and then of course you can get these uh really really cool uh upper deck 2021 cfl cards into folk i know it's cody i know i I know but it uh, still looks sharp i'm gonna open one more pack i'll do it like this and then we'll just okay rj harris he's in the nfl now isn't he uh oh see yeah there's one of the best players in the league in 2021 jagirid davis now with toronto hey there's a fan favorite zach Uh uh-huh uh-huh Lucky I think, he's, I think he's a bomber fan. You look at the West final. That's right. BJ Cunningham. Okay. So this is just there. We'll give them the plug there. All right. A couple more. Well, there's another one. Charleston Hughes making things happen back in Saskatchewan this year. And there's an offensive lineman, Canadian David Foucault, now with the Edmonton 
Elks. So we got a hit, as they call it, three hits per box on average. There's our Darrell Walker game jersey. I hope the light like does it justice there. Yeah, can that's that's see? super cool. Can you guys see that jersey? Yeah. Especially like, like if I was a kid, like like that would be like, whoa. Well, like these are thick cards. Like, look they at are. that. Super thick. Obviously, there's game worn jersey in there. Uh, some of the really, really cool cards that are like really rare, but you can win uh, or you can find uh in these boxes of CFL upper deck cards are like not just a piece of material from the game worn jersey, but like a piece of like the CFL logo that's like right here oh, wow. on the jersey, or a piece of like um the sponsor patch, or even like a piece of the W on the bomber's shoulder. You know what I mean? Like uh, I think it's Adam Big Hill's jersey who's who's in this, but uh, oh, really? check them out. Uh, go to uh, joedailysportscards.com uh, or go check them out uh, on St. Mary's just north of St. Anne's uh, by the riverside there. And uh, uh, awesome people. Like, 513 St. Mary's for those who are asking. There you go. And uh, just have fun, you know, crack some packs and uh, enjoy. Crack okay. some packs. I love it. Okay. Who are your, who are your, uh, well, lay, 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 give me the rundown of yours and then I'll fire mine off real quick. Okay. Most outstanding players, Rourke, most outstanding Canadians, all of them. So I oh, agree. One for one. Okay, okay. Okay. I agree. Nathan Rourke is the most outstanding player so far this season. It's going to take, uh, well, like if the bombers had stayed 10 and 0, I think it would be more of a debate, but Rourke's numbers are just off the charts. It's impressive what, what he's been able to do. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, I don't know if you can argue it. Yeah, eight forty Hazeldale Avenue. I hope. I wonder if that's where Greg Battle lives. Or maybe it's a Friesen. Maybe it's the Friesen family. Okay, we'll what do you got next? Uh, Oliveira for Canadian. I know you don't have him. Most outstanding. What do you mean? You know I don't have him. I know who you have for Canadian. I think I know. Do you? Who do you think ahead. I have? No, just tell me. I don't even know. <laughs> I did not prepare for this. <laughs> Well, I know you had Titus Wall for for rookie, right? Yes, I think there's a debate to be had there. Dalton shown great yeah. numbers, uh, consistent. The rest, Titus Wall, uh, the dimebacker for the Calgary Stampeders, his numbers, his yeah, takeaways, his good. touchdowns, uh, off the charts numbers. Uh, and you know, defensive players, it's tough. You know, offensive players, you have touchdowns all the time, receptions. You can kind of measure uh, a lot of that yards. For defensive players, you got to go out and make a play. That's why I was really all about Adam Big Hill winning uh, most outstanding player in the league a couple years ago. Uh, that's why I was all about Solomon Elamimian uh, mm -hmm. winning CFL most outstanding player as he did win a couple years ago with the BC Lions. If you're on defense, you got to make plays happen. You don't just get the ball thrown to you or, or the ball put in your gut and, and you, you go make a play. Um, most outstanding Canadian. Oh, it's a, it was um, a tough one. Like I, I really had a hard time, you know? Uh, yeah. Like Brady's not, not too bad of a choice. Um, you know, Cam judge has been very good this year. Uh, Drew Olatarski has been clutch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Phil Potts, that's Vicky short saying one of the Phil. Yeah. The Phil Potts. Well, they could even be up for rookie of the year. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. What else you got? Most of offensive linemen. Teams. I've got Paradis. Special, yeah, you picked Renee Paradis. I'm gonna take Chandler Worthy. 
Yeah, that's fair. With the the kick return touchdowns, uh, been very very impressive. Historic season so far for him yeah. in the return game. Offensive line, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on Garrett. Let's give it to Zach Williams. Unanimous choice. Uh, University of Manitoba and uh, Winnipegger from Transcona uh, on that one. And then what do you what do you got? D- defensive player. Oh, I forgot defensive player. And by the way, yeah, people are saying Rourke could win for most outstanding uh, Canadian already. So maybe you can take right. both. Um, right. Defensive it's almost like, player. Like, like if he's your MOP, it's almost like, like you got to pick another Canadian, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I I, I, I would go Bombers I, I on defense just because <clears throat> our defense has no, 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 been. No, no, no. Most outstanding defensive player. No, no, I know. I would say it's someone from the Bombers. Oh, really? Like just because the defense as a whole? Yes, I think that matters. I think Biggie captains the defense. He's still playing lights out. I I don't know if I can go away from Biggie. If I had to pick a bomber, uh, I I would say uh, Dietrich Nichols has been good. I would say Adam Big Hill is the most valuable player to the defense. But Willie Jefferson is the most outstanding player on the defense. Uh, I'm, I'm just beyond impressed with the way he's able to find passing lanes and 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 find knockdowns. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, most outstanding defensive player in the CFL this season, like without looking at stats, because again, I did no preparation for this. Shocking! Shocking! <laughs> I was I was, I was driving... to keep listening. Oh, I know. They're, like they're gonna shame me, right? Uh, hit the hotline, are. hit the hotline to shame me. 816 tips. Uh, most of the same defensive player. I mean, you could give it to, uh, you know, a couple players on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders defensive yeah. line, but their defense hasn't overall been very good. Um, you could, you could look at TJ Lee with, with the BC lions. Yep. He has been outstanding, uh, this season as a defensive back. Uh, in the East, I mean, no teams in the East are really impressing me. Chris Edwards has played well as a dimebacker in Toronto. Yeah, Edwards, yeah, although he's had some um, controversy. Yeah, there's the contra, of course. But, uh, you know, just as far as uh, play on the field, yeah, th- th- that's a tough one. You know, uh, could just say Pete, Willie. Yeah, you could. <laughs> I mean, uh, Pete Robertson w- had seven right. sacks but he got injured like yeah. he might have run away with that but well, uh, w- waiters is right you know titus wall for defensive yeah. player of the year you know yep. what, what, the last time a defensive back won defensive player of the year we know who that was jj yep jovan johnson with uh yeah. the winnipeg blue bombers is that 2011 or 2010 i think it was 2011 yeah Okay. I think so. Yeah, totally I think it's sure. the year. I think it's the year they did go to the Grey Cup. Yeah. Well, I'm blown away with how nice these cards are. Like, go check them out at at Joe Daly's. Uh, yes, sir. Awesome. Davin. Of course. Who who wears that number now? The tarpaulin. The tarpaulin, of course. The tarpaulin. So yeah, I mean, what we we've got a little bit of a break here. Hey, Darren, we don't we don't see folks till next well, Tuesday. Till- Till Tuesday. Yeah. So uh, enjoy your bye week, everybody. Uh, it's going to be a fun CFL week 11 uh, upcoming. I'm really looking forward to um, the game on Saturday, the early game at three o'clock central Hamilton at Montreal. 
Uh, BC into Saskatchewan on Friday night is an intriguing one too. That's a Friday night doubleheader. Uh, Elks, Red Blacks, you know, uh, two teams desperate to uh, turn their season around. Um, you know, Edmonton, I would not, you know, eliminate from potentially being the crossover this season. Stamps, Argos uh, will be one I'll be watching closely just to see how Calgary plays before they head home to prepare to come to Winnipeg uh, on August 25th. Before just before we go, people are wanting to hear your take on Sarah Orleski. Yes, yeah, I'm. I'm glad someone someone brought that up. Like if if I had a, a highlight uh, in in working with Sarah, so uh, I was very privileged uh, to work with Sarah directly uh, during my time with with Bell and and TSN. Uh, we did uh, three and three for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, on uh, TSN.ca. Uh, here's the thing about Sarah, and and you'll see it across social media. Uh, you know, today since the news and huge congratulations to her uh, and her family for uh, a little bit of a change up and, uh, you know, an opportunity to uh, spend some more time at home, a little less travel uh, summers. Uh, she'll be able to, um, you know, be with family. Uh, the entire league is going to miss her on the sidelines. When Chris Cuthbert left play by play booth and, and Sarah leaving the sidelines, those are two monster uh you know, subtractions from uh, our uh, broadcast uh, watching uh, on TSN. So uh, wishing her the best and all congratulations. But when I uh, had a chance to work with Sarah, like it's uncanny how at ease she puts you, you know, just talking with her, like you'll see it all over social media. She is like truly one of the most kind, nice, uh, welcoming people, no matter what. Uh, any day of the week, uh, seemingly never in a bad mood. Um, but working with her, like directly with her, like, you know, many of us have worked alongside her for a long, long time. But when you're standing next to her in front of a camera, um, it's amazing how comfortable she can make you feel. Like Matthew mm-hmm. Shinetti had a great tweet today about, you know, he was having a tough day um, at Grey Cup in his rookie year with TSN and, and Sarah just put him at ease and said, I got you, I got your back, you know, everything's good. Um, and then, you know, uh, er, er, you know, everything w- was seemingly good. Sarah has that ability to just put you at ease. You know, I was nervous. It's like, you know, what, what do I look like on camera? What am I going to sound like on camera? Am I going to flub up my, my stats or, or my insight or, or my reporting or, or whatever? Uh, almost with no words. She's like, you know, we got this. Or you do a take. Let's do, you want to do another one? Sure. And then it's done. And you're like, wow, that is a pro. If she can make your, you know, a teammate uh, at ease and perform at their best uh, really without seemingly doing too much. Um, that that's really something. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to miss Sarah in that capacity, but very glad, uh, you know, she, she's still here in Winnipeg. Going to see her down at the rink lots, uh, during hockey season, but huge congratulations to her. TSN's loss is the Winnipeg Jets gain. And, uh, well, I, I think people in, in Winnipeg, especially, but really across the country will be heartbroken. Um, you know, if they, uh, didn't get to see Sarah's exemplary work. Uh, so uh, they'll just have to watch it now, uh, on uh, Jets on TSN and and uh, with the Winnipeg Jets and their digital offerings as well. Well said, my friend. Well said. And lastly, this the the, the Matt Nichols thing. Uh, apparently, he officially retired. Or the Bombers like did he want to retire a Bomber, but but they didn't do anything. Is this what I'm hearing? 
I didn't yeah, pay attention so, to this all all, uh, all day. There was uh, I read the article in the uh, Spokane, Washington. Uh, it's the Spokane Spectator Tribune. Either way, uh, it was revealed on a recent uh, Edmonton radio broadcast uh, when they had a bit of a delay playing against the Calgary Stampeders earlier this year. Um, they called up Matt Nichols and uh, had him on the phone. He's now moved his family from Spokane, Washington. Uh, back to California, where he was a high school player uh, and graduated in 2005. Uh, Eastern Washington broke a bunch of records with them. And I thought it was really interesting to hear this, Zach. Uh, he talked about uh, Matt Nichols uh, leading the team to two very strong seasons. And then after he left, they won the national championship, the, the FCS, the football championship series um, in the NCAA. So not the FBS, like, you know, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, the rest, uh, but winning the FCS. Um, similarly to how here in Winnipeg, he got the team to where it needed to be, got them to, what was it, a 7-1 and one start, 7-2 and two start to seven the season, two, yeah. uh, and then was injured and the rest is history uh, with Chris Streveler and uh, the acquisition of Zach Kolaris and uh, that uh, road battle through the West uh, to the 107th Grey Cup uh, back in, in November, 2019. Um, but uh, they called up Matt Nichols and he essentially said, you know, yeah, you know, uh, it was less about for me. So didn't really announce the retirement. It just kind of happened. But uh, after 12 years in the CFL, some major injuries kept him off the field. So he played eight years, uh, eight seasons through 12 years in the CFL pandemic year, a couple years with injury in Edmonton, um, you know, wishing Matt Nichols uh, all the best in, in his next chapter of life. He's working at the University of California at Berkeley, uh, got his master's of sports administration, I do believe mm -hmm. from Gonzaga university go bulldogs and uh you know um reached out to the blue bombers and and uh nothing really came of it so uh you know things happen uh not not exactly sure uh, the details on that it was unclear in the article but um yeah no official he he did want to retire as a winnipeg blue bomber that says a lot about mm. the impression left on him left on him in his time here uh, was a great cup champion uh i believe with the, uh, mm -hmm. with Edmonton and with Winnipeg. So, um, yeah. And, uh, a great point here by, uh, Corey may Matt Nichols, maybe back in the CFL coaching one day, wish him well for sure. Um, yeah, he, I, he was a, an important, important player in the blue bombers history. He was, you know, you look at 2016, 2017, 2018, half of 2019. Um, he, he, he helped turn this franchise around. Maybe he couldn't yeah. take us over a top. Maybe he could have in that 2019, uh, season. I'm not so sure, but, but, you know, I definitely have very fond, mostly fond memories. Good winning percentage uh, really did change this and may have saved Michael Shea's job. So uh, I hope he gets recognized. You lost That's me there. So well, in 2016. <laughs> Michael start... Shea's. I want to be perfectly clear to everybody out there because people like to talk about like, oh, it could have been. The... Mike O'Shea was never in danger of losing his job. Never even okay. close. Never even close. So if that 2016 season would have gone sideways for the third year in a row, he no. Okay. Well, I believe you. You you know your you know your staff. So there was there was like people said it at the time, and people say it now in hindsight. It was never even a consideration. I they I knew heard... 
They knew what Mike O'Shea was building. They knew the time it would take for Kyle Walters to revamp the entire team. Wade Miller oversaw all of this. That triumvirate, the Canadian Mafia, now notoriously referred to as, they had a plan in place and they were not going to waver from it. They saw the effect Mike O'Shea had on the core of players, the culture he was instilling, the work ethic he was instilling, uh, and the Canadian perspective on building a championship football team. This was not an American coach like many in the CFL today. He was a Canadian coach. Uh, working through different coordinators, Gary Croton, Gary Echeverry, uh, uh, Marcel Belfay, uh, there were lots. Uh, they were never, ever even considering moving on from Mike O'Shea. Okay, I, I will I will trust you. I do re- I think I recall Mike O'Shea even saying though he's in maybe it was in jest that he thought Matt Matt Nichols maybe saved his like because because he talked about Mike it, O'Shea think- complimenting a player of his. I think on the co yeah on the coaches show he said like because he talked about moving on from uh, from Matt Nichols and I think he told a story where he went right to his house and said you know you know because that's the kind of guy he is and mm-hmm. I thought he said something about savings jump anyway whatever um, we do got to give think, a shout I, out I think Go. Matt Nichols saved the um, you know the the half life of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers if you want to call it that he saved a lot of their seasons from being ridiculously bad he saved them from losing a lot more games but when it comes to michael shea's job like i understand he might have said that just kind of in pat they were never gonna fire michael shea oh that's that's interesting that's that's good to know i'm glad um so yeah there we go like shout out to donnie sign guy and his articles on uh on cfl news hub check them out he he gives us shout outs too and and ask him to tell you on on twitter about how he got inside dominic davis's head because it's pretty funny (laughs) Uh, <laughs> you can win these text right there. 816 tips, 816-8477, code word, wide right. Leave that with your name. Uh, text uh, standard message rate supply, uh, just like when you text your mama. Zach, final thoughts as uh, we sign off uh, on a bye week. Yeah, well, we get some rest and, and you know, I just look forward. I, I just can't wait to, to wash that taste out of my mouth next thursday when we get to see them play again. i believe it's a thursday when we get to see them play again third matchup against calgary i want to see my bombers come back and play the way they were playing i would be very heartened to see that i want to see them beat the stamps handily i want to see the o-line uh hold zach up better and i want to see Legio come back stronger and you know that's just what i want and i'm i'm Damn it, that's what I deserve. Anyway, and by the way, tomorrow, apparently they are publishing another one of my uh, articles in, in Three Down Nation. On Wednesday. One, yeah, uh, tomorrow's Wednesday. Uh, very nice of John Hodge. You know, another story from the heart. I, I, I This one is, is close to me. It's about my dad who passed. And many, many of us have dads and family members who passed who introduced us to the CFL and uh, this is a homage to him and it helped it helped me to write it and and hopefully maybe it it touches your heart and it speaks to you uh so check that out on three down nation uh dot com i got a sneak peek of that article good on you zach for writing it i think people will enjoy it a lot uh i'm 
beyond impressed, not with like, you know, the, the topics you touch on. Well, like I am, I am, but beyond the topics you touch on and then like the content, your writing is really, really good. Like, well, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, go check that out on, uh, on three down, uh, well, maybe you're listening to this on Wednesday, but check it out. It'll be up there, uh, first thing Wednesday uh, morning, I believe. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know I'm, everybody. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't nothing. mean to cut you off. Sorry, brother. No, I just want to say I know I'm not the only one with who, you know, when you go to the game, you have that that deceased with you in spirit, right? And I think sure. um yeah, I think it's it's well, that's, what, that's why people will CFL. That's why people will enjoy reading your perspective on it because they'll be able to relate to it, right? In, I hope so, you know. And right. honor those yep. those who aren't with us, right? So yep. that's important to me. But anyway, uh, thank you, everyone. This was fun. Uh, sorry, we have to take a break from you. I don't know what you'll do for entertainment. Walby's heartbroken. Heartbroken. Oh, we bet. don't have game day this week. But uh, everybody out there, enjoy the CFL games this week. Uh, they are entertaining. Uh, if you want to support this league, it goes beyond uh, you know buying tickets to Bombers games and, and just uh, taking in Bombers content. Watch the games. They are entertainment. You're already paying for the TSM package, uh, so uh, you know tune into uh, those games. You'll you'll enjoy them a lot. Um, also, uh, check out some CJFL football as well that's the canadian junior football league the winnipeg rifles uh had a nose-to-nose battle with uh the perennial favorites in junior football the saskatoon hilltops this past week each team scored one touchdown it was a battle back and forth uh came down to the kicking game that decided it uh but they have their home opener coming soon uh they're building a new field here in South Winnipeg at uh, Maple Grove Rugby Park, the St. Patel Mustangs field, beautiful new tr- uh, turf surface. Um, so for the full Winnipeg Rifles schedule, go to riflesfootball.com. You can find them on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, all at Rifles Football. Um, near and dear to my heart, uh, Scott Roger uh, as well, his son uh, Jake uh, on the team, uh, one of my favorites to watch. But uh, there is great football in this country Take it in, enjoy it. Uh, you know, uh, don't take it for granted because um, you know it, it's special to uh, to a lot of people, and uh, we we need your support. So uh, I'm w- I'm with Scott Roger here. Rifle up, let's go. Uh, enjoy your week, everybody. We will be back on Tuesday, uh, as we always do for Bonfire Midweek uh, on uh, Tuesdays at 7:30, and then of course we'll get the pregame show going before Bombers Stamps uh, on Thursday, August 25th. Pregame on Wednesday, the 24th. Post game. Thursday, the 25th. Another three in the row, but hey, buddy, you better rest yeah. up. <laughs> oh, these Thursday, that's the last Thursday game of the season. Then we get into to Fridays and Saturdays, and of course, uh, the Labor Day Classic on Sunday in Regina. Bonfire Sports will be there in Regina, so uh, I got to get the uh, I got to get the traveling kit together, yes, Zach, and, and, and make and, sure we can yes. we can broadcast from there. Yes, and uh, make make uh, make sure you folks tune in Tuesday because we're gonna have more giveaways from our friends at TSB, and hopefully on the pregame, Walby will get his beer stein that he's been told about. Hey, Darren, I'm going to drop that off tomorrow on nice. my way to dropping off our uh, thesportsvault.com prize, our first uh, to Jason Ferguson, and then of course you guys can win uh, a pair of these beauties. See, there it is right there. TSV on the bottom. The there sports ball. Win- Winnipeg Company. Check them out. Uh, you can win these right now. Uh, you know the code word. Do it uh, and uh, and you can win. And uh, I like uh, the way Fritchie puts it here. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Enjoy your week. Thank you, Firestarters. Good night.